Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. I know all y'all know this song. This song is like the Bay Area's anthem and the guy who helped make it what it is today has to turn himself in on Thursday to state prison authorities. Keek to Sneak, a Bay Area rap legend, will be serving a 16-month sentence that's despite being in a wheelchair and needing round-the-clock nursing care. It ain't looking too good. Just got an IV put in me for antibiotic chance on my Keek to Sneak's prison sentence and his health condition has started a conversation about the type of health care people get inside prison and whether it's the place for people with disabilities. I'm Erica Aguilar. Welcome to the Bay. People of color and especially African Americans face harsher consequences, longer sentences for crimes. Nastia Voynovskaya is the music editor for KQED Arts. There's also the added challenges of having mobility issues and chronic medical conditions. So this story really speaks to that intersection of race and disability. I've heard the name before. I've heard his beats before. Um, I don't know his story, like as an artist. Mm -hmm. So tell me how Keek the Sneak, how did he become the rapper that a lot of us know here in the Bay Area? Yeah, he's been a pretty prominent artist in the Bay Area's rap scene since the early 90s. Um, He was in a pretty popular group called Three Times Crazy. They were one of the few Bay Area acts in the 90s to get a major label deal. They really helped define that Bay Area mob music sound. Really bass heavy, knock, kind of ominous feeling. Then in the 2000s, he had another majorly successful era with the hypey movement. Which really evolved that mob music sound into a more danceable party music. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. got like more move beat to it. Yeah, Keek the Sneak's actually credited with coining the word hyphy. Hyphy. Okay. Uh, What's the origin of the word? The Bay Area. Say it in a sentence. What, which it really means like kind of hyper and hyperactive. H-Y-P-H-Y. Hyphy. Super Hyphy was one of his big hits in the 2000s. 
He was also on E40's Tell Me When to Go, mm-hmm. which is one of the defining songs, you know, of Barrier Rap in the 2000s. Yeah, even to this day, when a DJ drops it at a club, the club goes crazy. Yeah. So it's just one of those beloved regional hits. Uh, what's Keith the Sneak's real name? It's Charles Kente Williams. Hmm. Where'd he grow up? He grew up in Oakland, and recently he's been based in Sacramento. But yeah, he's always kind of been a voice of Oakland streets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's got this magnificent career. He's also spending his life right now in a wheelchair. How how did that happen? So in January of 2017, Keith the Sneak survived a shooting in Oakland. It was late at night after a show, and there was an attempted robbery. Some guys ran up on us and opened the door, and they had they pointed a gun in the car. Long story short, he started shooting. He was shot, but he escaped. At that point, he was still mobile and walking. But because of that situation, he decided to get a gun for mm-hmm. protection. Mm-hmm. I felt like I needed a gun. I wasn't making as much money as I was uh, the years before, you know? Mm-hmm. So it got to a point where I, was, I couldn't really afford an armed guard with me at all times. So I started riding with a gun. He was already on probation from a prior firearms case as a convicted felon he can't have a gun in California. Right, right. Nonetheless, he had a gun in his car, and in March 2017, he was coming back from a night of gambling in Amador County. I had gambled all night, so I came from the casino. Which is a really rural county just east of Sacramento. It's a mostly white county. I think it's about 89% white, pretty sparsely populated. While I was pumping my gas, I felt somebody looking at me to my surprise it was the police he was looking at me like i just like he just knew i was a criminal or something so he feels like he was targeted yeah yeah so i'm like hey why is this guy looking at me so i finished pumping my gas i went back in the store to buy something i come back out the store the police been pulled in the in the gas station and he's parked in front of my car and a police officer ran his license plate saw that he was on probation and decided to search his car. Long story short, he found the gun and uh, they charged him with a firearm. He was taken in on five different charges. Firearm possession as a felon, possession of ammunition as a felon, receiving stolen property, um, possession of a controlled substance, and driving with a suspended or revoked license. So while that case was going on, he was shot again in August of 2017. Again, I was gambling at a casino after a show. I, pull, I pulled over just for one second, just to gather my thoughts. And I was looking down, and before I knew it, somebody pulled the handle of the door and tried to open the door. All I seen was gunfire. And, it's, and it was just like, bow, 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 bow. He survived eight bullet wounds. So I got shot all of this in my side and my abdomen and in my elbows and my arms. And then when the gunfire finally stopped, I tried to drive off, but I couldn't feel my legs. And, and it just dawned on me that somebody just shot me a lot of times. I had to think, I started praying. Oh my God, I can't die, you know? And um, 
I had to calm myself down because if I if I would have uh, I would have panicked, I don't know if I would be here talking to you right now. And before I knew it, the ambulance was coming. The ambulance came, started cutting my clothes off, of me, and then I, I passed out. I woke up. I was at Highland Hospital. He lost his ability to walk, and wow. since then he's been in a wheelchair, but he's also been dealing with a number of chronic health conditions that require regular nursing care. I got a catheter. I got to use the bathroom with a catheter. I have a colostomy bag. I have bed sores bigger than, than a 50-cent piece. I have a nurse that comes comes by my house three times a week, you know, and um, every other day to change my bandages and to change... Uh, this warm vacuum that I have on me uh, so that these uh, bed sores don't be infected. That's an intense period of his life. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. But he still managed to put out music after. I'm currently finishing up like three or four projects, you know what I'm talking about? Um, getting a lot of work done, you know what I mean? Because in um, less than two weeks, I got to turn myself in. You know what I mean? Uh, I got to do 16 months. How has this affected his his outlook on life? Well, he says it's definitely been rough and that he has a new appreciation for, you know, just the level of mobility and independence that he does have. I don't take life for granted no more, man. Like the little things, man, like walking, like, you know, just being able to get up in the morning and brush my teeth, you know, make something to eat for myself, you know. A lot of things we take for granted. His whole demeanor has really changed. All these different situations have brought him a lot closer to his family, especially his wife. She's pretty much his round-the-clock caretaker. The prosecutor actually dropped all of the charges except for firearm possession. Uh Um, Keek ended up pleading no contest and taking a plea bargain. His lawyer was lobbying for him to get house arrest instead of prison time because of his various different disabilities. What he told me was that the Amador County DA told him if you're well enough to play shows, then you're well enough to go to prison. It wasn't like I was standing up and jumping in the crowd. No, people were carrying me on stage and carrying me in my wheelchair. And then I would sit right in my wheelchair in the middle of the stage and do a few songs. And then it would carry me out of there and I would go home. This is how I've been getting paid. To pay these lawyers and to to feed my family, I mean, to, to just to take care of myself. If I was another race, they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't be doing me like this. Prison is basically hell. You know, it, it's a really hard place to be, and the conditions are, are really rough. What are, like, what are his concerns about going to prison. He told me that he had already been to county jail. No, I didn't been, I didn't been to jail before. I know once you get behind those walls, they don't have no compassion for you, you know. And you damn near, you almost got to be on your dying bed for them to, uh, to come help you. He had seen people in there that were sick or dealing with disabilities, and any time that they would call for help, he said that the correctional officers would actually rough them up and basically tell them to stop complaining. Mm. And I really want to know how they're going to treat me when I get in here. I'm like, how is this going to work? How are they going to do this? I've never been to jail when I'm wheelchair. I need to know how are they going to treat me? Are they going to give me the treatment I'm getting from out here? I don't think so. 
How's this gonna work? I'm, I'm about to find out. I know that. I did some research into what he can expect in a California state prison. I talked to a few experts in disability rights and the criminal justice system, and basically they say that even though prisons are supposed to be ADA compliant, that doesn't mean all of them are. California prisons have a track record for violating the civil rights of people with disabilities in prison. The state was sued in 2001 for inadequate medical screenings, delays in getting inmates medical and mental health care, and a whole lot more. And the lawsuit alleged that prisons had violated the Americans with Disabilities Act. This lawsuit and another one from 1994 has led to federal oversight of the prison medical system in California and its compliance with ADA laws. What's been the reaction? A lot of his fan base actually didn't know he was in a wheelchair. You know, that's what I'm getting from the reactions on social media. They had no idea. Yeah. And then on top of that, he has been pretty quiet about this legal case till recently. So I I think a lot of people had no idea he was facing prison time. X-rated coming to you from Blockstar Entertainment, man. I got a very important message. Man, he didn't hurt nobody. They could put him on an ankle monitor. They dealing with prison overcrowding. You could check the Plata versus California case and see that there's prison overcrowding. And you could check the the Coleman versus California case and see that there's issues when it comes to mental health services and health care. So that ain't a place to be when you're not in prime physical condition. It's not even a place to be when you are in prime physical condition. So we don't want them putting keep there. Sign a petition, man. Keep, keep free. There are a lot of people who are in his situation right now inside prison who are experiencing what he's probably going to experience. What do you take away as the big picture of this? I think this situation definitely has shined a light on what inmates with disabilities deal with in California state prisons. A lot of us able-bodied people might not ever consider how much of an added challenge having a disability, just in life period, but especially in prison. It just seems like California state prisons doesn't really seem like they, they have the bandwidth to take something like that on. I have no kind of compassion for me, no love for me, no. Just no kind of compassion for my situation. You know, I can't, I can't walk it off. Nastia Wojnowska is the music editor for KQED Arts. When Nastia broke this story last week, it got shared around a lot, especially in the rap scene here in the Bay Area. And some of his fans have started a petition online pleading for an alternative sentence for Keek to Sneak. Today's episode was produced by Peter Arcuni and Jessica Plachek. I'm Erica Aguilar. This is The Bay. We'll see you on Friday. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.